We are the tide from the north. We're brave and we're bold. Defeating our rivals never gets old. Making our way to the Big Sky Conference. Watch out, cause here comes the silver and gold. Welcome back, Tribe from the North Brave and Bold to the official, unofficial podcast of your Idaho Vandals and the Vandal affiliate on the Big Sky Podcast Network. I am your host today, Chris Hammond, and joining me we have the professor, Brian Marceau. How the heck are you, Brian? This is, uh, dude, it's a big day. I'm doing, I'm doing well. I, Vandals should feel ecstatic because everyone, you know, you see the time. You guys know what we're talking about. Everyone should be ecstatic about today. Yeah, today it's going to be quite an exquisite day. Mr. Producer Dammer running the show is from the shadow. How are you feeling today? I am ecstatic and excited about today. <laughs> it is just going to be an extremely good day today. Uh, if you're not picking up on our over-the-top because we've had too much coffee this morning puns, we are talking Idaho's hiring of, well, I guess now former, South Dakota State Offensive coordinator, Jason Eck. Brian, uh, you did most of the legwork on this. Kind of, Why don't you kind of give the people a, you know, how this all came to be and, uh, yeah, you know, whatever else you want to share about this uh, kind of awesome hire we just made. We've talked about Jason Eck on this show for quite a while. Um, dating back to December 6th is when we found out that Jason Eck was a guy who interviewed. And, uh Anyway, the process for for us, as far as like getting any inf- getting news gathering stuff that we've been talking about on Tubs, is Idaho has a ton of motivated, connected alums, and that's that's who we work with. Now shifting over to Eck, there is a little bit of a process that we that will go through. Stefan Weeby of the Lewiston Morning Tribune has written this too, but our timeline: we learned early this week there were two finalists, as in two people interviewed in person as finalists above all, all others. Jason Eck. I was interviewed first. Joel Thomas interviewed second. Joel Thomas was offered the job on Tuesday. Joel Thomas accepted the job, but then was not able to accept the job due to uh, things changing between him and the Saints. After that, Eck was the only other guy. Eck's given the offer. He accepted. He's our guy. And that's where we're at, Idaho. I mean, it was that, that part itself can sound kind of weird, kind of weird but FYI, I talked to Colton Juanas about this for a while. It's pretty dang average for big sky coaching searches to not get their first guy. Brent Vegan was number five or six for Montana State. So Idaho had two finalists we put above all, all others. Both of them actually accepted the offer, but with Joel, it didn't work. But I think people should be ecstatic about Eck no matter what. Jason X, the guy. Yeah. Dallas, what are kind of your thoughts on the Eck hire? I mean, so we we've talked about it obviously for for the last couple of weeks uh, about Jason Eck. I I know it's silly to keep making these ecstatic and excited jokes, but the from when we heard his name, he's been the guy that I have been most excited about. Uh, I think Joel Thomas would have been great um, for completely different reasons. I think Eck has has a proven record at this level. Uh, he's he's won a assistant coach of the year in FCS. He's he is unquestionably one of the top candidates that that could have applied for this job. He's a, a former Vandal assistant. So I do think that that played a little bit of part. Uh, it helps that he has some sort of tie to the university. Uh, I could not be more happy with this. Uh, we just went from 
Paul Petrino to Jason Eck, and I could not be happier about that. Yeah, for me, because I haven't been on the last couple shows with you guys, so kind of my Joel Thomas idea was, uh, and you guys know this because we talk about it in the Patreon members, patreon.com backslash tubs at the club, kind of get to hear about it through our private Discord um, for members only. But Joel, Joel Thomas, in my opinion, was a hire that was bigger risk reward. I think it was going to open up wallets. Uh, I thought it would get a lot of excitement going into the fan base that maybe Jason Eck doesn't provide off the jump. Um, but that said, I said, I think it was a, a bigger risk because he was an offensive coordinator once at Idaho a long, long time ago under, you know, Cable and uh, Holt, and that didn't work out. So we don't know where he's at, and he hasn't been in the coaching college coaching game for a while. So um, Eck, for me, was the safer hire which I'm all about. And though it might not open up wallets right away, winning fixes all of that. Jason Eck coached today in the FCS semifinal game, right? His final game with South Dakota state was coaching in a semifinal game with a chance to go to Frisco against like what Brian just bring everything full circle against Brett vegan, who just got hired from Montana state last year. So it goes to show a good hire can really get you elevated quickly. Uh, I'm not saying we're going to be in the semifinals next year, but like, I think with this hire, Idaho should expect with the X's and O's that Eck provides, the roster talent that is still left on this team, uh, you know, maybe we are allowed to be a little bit more optimistic going into next season. I think Eck provides that. He's, uh, as Dallas touched on, he's won the FCS Assistant Coach of the Year Award, uh, which is the FCS equivalent of the Art Bryles Award, or not Art Bryles, the Bryles Award. Um, but I, I think this is a big hire. You know it's good when all the South Dakota State people have reached out to us and basically said, like, this was going to be our next head coach. A lot of them believe one of the reasons he was uh, more suited to do this is because Stiglmeyer, their current head coach, got extended to 2025, which made him realize, okay, my opportunity might not come as soon as I want to be a head coach here. Idaho has some kind of like what Vegan said when he came back to Montana State. Uh, they have some of the pieces in place to be able to make this thing run. I think X saw that. Uh, I been totally happy with the two finalists. I would have been happy with either one. And like I said, I think Eck provides something different than Joel Thomas. And I think it's going to result to a lot more winning early than it might have with Thomas, where Thomas would have got some excitement and stuff. But overall, with, a a plus hire for me. And with Joel Thomas, I, I gotta say, I think I think Vandal should be ecstatic about both the finalists. And the fact that both the finalists accepted the job. Joel Thomas's thing changing for the better in New Orleans. I, th that's great for him. And at Idaho can't compete with NFL money. No FCS team is going to be able to complete, compete with NFL money. I think I, I, I'm going to co-sign what you said, Chris, about opening wallets. Um, I will say Joel Thomas, there's also just a certain type of storybook quality to uh, if Joel Thomas works out, you know, one of the best players comes in and resurrects a program it's hard to write that better. I don't think people should be offered the job based off that. But the reason I'm saying that is I think there's every reason to believe Joel Thomas would have done quite well. But we don't live in a world where Joel Thomas was hired. Jason Eck was a guy. Look, I mean, Alex, shout out to, to the best of all time, Boatman. When, Chris, when you guys did your first episode where we do no names, we're just talking because we knew there was a job. Mm -hmm. Jason Eck was a guy we talked about then. That was before we knew anything. When we, when we got intel that Jason Eck was involved, there was a reason all of us were, were stoked about it. I taught, as research, 
prior to this, I talked to multiple people, people from South Dakota. They had nothing but positive things to say about Jason Eck, the coach, about his intelligence, about him being a flexible coach, about him being a guy we should want. They had only positive things to say about Jason Eck, the community member and the mentor. So at this point, this is to me, this is all all excitement. Um, it might be for the best if Joel Thomas wasn't going to get the job that Joel Thomas was offered and said no, because it's no one's fault. The search, search committee landed on him and him saying no wasn't about the university. But we're in the beginning of the Eck era and it, it's hard for me to be more ecstatic about this. Once we knew hashtag damaged goods was off the table and we had intel about both Thomas and Eck, I was fine. Either way, it was fine. I'm, I'm incredibly happy about this. Yeah, I, it just, I think, I, I don't know your guys' opinions on this. I kind of want to know, like, let's do hindsight 2020, because I think we've all admitted that throughout this search, we've all become different levels of frustrated and then okay, and then refrustrated again about how long it took. Uh, once again, if you're a Patreon member, I did a whole breakdown on every D1 coach search and the average time. And it was something like the average FCS hire, if it wasn't done midseason, was about eight days. And we were sitting at like 25 when I did that. Um, either way, we were significantly over. We we're the third longest opening. That was the day Idaho State made the hire. So we were the second longest opening or and Southern Utah. So we were like, or not Southern Utah. But either way, we were one of the longest hires that was open. Um, and it made it a little frustrating. But I think being able to see, and I just want to give you know kudos where it's due. I think we'll be able to look back and go, I don't think we missed that big on the early signing period, which is something we were worried about. We got our highest recruit of all time, according to 247. Um, we were able to get another couple guys and two gray shirts. So we were able to get four guys without a head coach. Uh, the transfer portal is being littered with talent right now. I think Eck is a guy that can utilize that. I think you see that the Wisconsin connection for Director Golic probably was big here, you know? So I think for me – Although not publicly, I was getting a little frustrated with how the process was going from the athletic department. I still would have liked to seen some things handled differently, maybe some more communication, maybe a finalist list, do some new stuff. Uh, but all in all, I'll say A+. plus. I'm willing to go, you know what, Terry, I should have trusted the process a little bit more. I still don't know exactly what the first like search firm did. It sounds like both of these people were via connections, either with the university or with, you know, Terry. But uh, if I'm wrong on that and the search firm – did bring Eck to their attention, you know, congratulations to the search firm too. Either way, I think as a Vandal fan, um, it's really easy to kind of shift into a positive my like mind frame after this. This hire is going to do a lot for morale. I think everybody should be excited. I'd be curious to hear from people in the comment section below and on Twitter, the people that are worried about this hire, because I, I would assume it's very far and few between that are. I think most people think this is a fantastic hire. So producing a little bit live here for uh, the people that are listening to this not live. This is being pre-recorded. Uh, so we are recording this before the Fighting X put up 70 on Montana State and make this higher look even better. Uh, so we're not going to be able to interact with people in the comments. But the, the thing to keep in mind here, everybody, yes, the process might have seemed frustrating at times because we went weeks without really the only knowledge anybody had was the work Brian was doing behind the scenes to find out as much as he could. At the end of the day, if in three years, Eck has this team winning 10 games a year, nobody's going to care that it took this long to find him. And that's that's the that's the big goal at the end of the day. At the, so, yeah, we missed out on a little bit of early signing day. Maybe maybe there's one or two kids that would have committed that 
didn't because there was no head coach. But at the end of the day, if the coach is right, none of that matters at all. And Absolutely. That, at all. And we're not that far behind. We're there's like what 260 D1 schools and we're in the top 150 in recruiting class right now. So like it everything seemed to have worked out like we were all thinking worst case scenario, and we actually ended up in a pretty freaking sweet spot. So yeah, we'll talk about the rollout later, but as far as process, Chris, when Dallas and I were on the we recorded Tuesday. Wednesday morning is when I found out that Thomas was offered and was not able to accept the job. When we recorded on Tuesday, my, my tone was hey, people need to relax about the signing period because we lost maybe seven days of, you know, had we moved a little bit quicker. I think people are right to be annoyed. They have a right to be annoyed as in it did take a while. And when we're the only people, and look, I work with Stefan too. Stefan definitely put it. Stefan Weeby, the Lewiston Morning Tribune, absolutely put in some work too. But when we're the the sourcing information, that's part of where people get anxious, and also that's where some of the motivation for the people who helped us uh, really kicked into overdrive is to make sure that no, th- this isn't take this. It's not a problem that's making this take a long time. It's because we have good people we're sorting through is why. Mm-hmm. But ultimately, Dallas is right. What matters is that we're hired. Is that, sorry, what matters is we have Eck hired. What matters is that Eck works. We have every reason to be excited about him working right now. Like all coaches that we would hire, there are question marks, but I don't care. I'm, I'm really happy about this. And for Idaho fans, we all watch the games. We know this is not a Southern Utah situation or, or Cal Poly situation where you're rebuilding from the ground up. If Idaho is going to make the Sac State-esque turnaround people hope for, I'm not saying it's going to happen. We're not going to predict that at this point. We need some, we need to see the transfers that follow Jason Eck over to Idaho. But if Idaho's going to make that jump that we all want to have happen, it's not freshmen that we signed last week that are going to be the reason. It's going to be transfers, junior college or very, very likely division one guys who are ready to play the moment they set foot on campus. Those are the guys that are going to push the Idaho team that we saw be competitive against Montana State at Bozeman, the same Montana State that's in the final four right now. That's what's going to turn Idaho from what we've seen into what we want it to be. So really, I'm I'm okay with how it worked out. We'll talk about the rollout later, but we got all the finalists, Chris, that we talked about. I mean, name a finalist that we talked about that we thought wasn't a good guy to have. I mean, it's not finalists. There are two finalists. Sorry, correct myself. Name the person we knew who was interviewed who we wouldn't have been happy about potentially taking this job. It was a great, it was a great pool. Uh, yeah, I mean, look, Dallas, you felt that way, but look at Pease's resume on paper. Pease has a fantastic resume. There'd be reason to expect Pease would do well, but hey, he's not at Idaho, so it doesn't matter. Not our problem now. <laughs> yeah, Pease is not our problem. So the names that we got were, in my mind, vastly superior to what we got in 2012 when we hired Paul. So I don't really, I'm fine with this being the process. If it gets us something better, which we have every reason to believe it did. So. Yeah. Yeah, I'm okay with this. I I think all Vandals should be okay with this. I was talking with some people last night kind of about that situation too. Um, Talking about, you know, when Petrino got hired, and I don't want this to be like a dance on Petrino show, but like he was on the ropes at Arkansas uh, as an offensive coordinator. So didn't have that like, okay, yeah, we got a power five coordinator. Okay, yeah, he has some ties to Idaho. Cool, but it was like people were pretty hesitant about the Paul hire. I remember people literally from day one saying we hired the wrong Petrino. This is different. Like, this is a successful offensive coordinator. 
This is a coordinator that right now is playing for possibly a national title game um, appearance. So it's big. And, man, I wish we had – oh, go ahead, Brian. And coming off a spring national championship appearance too. Where they lose their quarterback early on in that game, a quarterback that G almighty looks a lot like a couple of the guys we have on our roster. I'm saying I would love to be CJ Jordan right now. Even Giovanni McCoy, Ridge. Heck, even Boris, if he sticks in the quarterback room, like the way Mark Kronowski played for South Dakota State, becoming the runner-up for the Jerry Rice Award, which is the best freshman in the country award. Uh, yeah, if I'm C.J. Jordan um, or any of these quarterbacks, I'm excited. If I'm one of these running backs, these coach guys like Pierre Strong, who's probably the best running back in the entire FCS, like, man, if I'm Andre Carter, well, I guess Roshan's gone, but, you know, like, uh, or no, we'll have Roshan back, right? Yeah, he's a junior. Anyways, we – Nick Romano, like running backs have thrived under this guy. Quarterbacks, he gets a little bit more of a game manager type. You're seeing that now with Chris Oladokin for them. But South Dakota State, all in all, um, though they're a running-focused team and you're going to get a lot of good running back plays, I think stuff that will excite guys like you two, Brian and Dallas, that are love the offensive mindset, he runs some incredible trick plays. Uh, I was talking to uh, some of the Jacks Illustrated guys. They have just four running back throws that were completions, I believe, this year, where they've had the running back like run out on a toss and throw a ball. So like, it's not like oh, we just had with Paul, where maybe we had one trick play the whole season. They almost average a trick play a game. So like, if you like that high flashy offense, I mean, you're gonna get it with him in terms of like the running backs are gonna be involved in the passing game. Which, holy crap, Zach Boris just became so much more of a weapon. Like. I think people are going to like his offense, though it might not be wowing, you know, every single play, every single drive. You know, for once or twice a game, they're going to have that play that you're just like, this guy is awesome. Now, I'm not saying I want him to call all the plays like Paul did, but you're thinking he's going to bring somebody in that has a similar kind of philosophy as he does. Well, and I want to jump in real quick for anybody that's listening to this and not watching as I'm putting stats on the the screen. As Chris is mentioning the, the trick plays, Pierre Strong, one of the best players in the entire FCS, the unquestioned number one running back at SDSU, almost 1,600 yards on the ground, 17 touchdowns. He's four for four through the air this year with four touchdowns. Like it, it really is. It, it's a more, it's a more fun offense. The running back through four touchdowns like that, that would slot in pretty well at, at the Paul Petrino offense. Not to keep digging on the guy, but that would have slotted in pretty nice there. And and here we are hiring a guy that that is known for these trick plays so just wanted to make sure that listeners saw the same things we are four for four with four touchdowns from the running back this year yeah and, and when we're asterisk talking, i want to yeah, throw chris on on the take on the take you just had which is evidence-based of course but just because i i did some i talked to south dakota people for a while about jason eck multiples what they told me is offensively eck has been his teams have certainly run the ball in the last couple of years because they should run the ball they said their their experience of Jason Eck as the offensive coordinator and since Jason Eck's been involved at South Dakota State is they are not a system team. They are a team that their play calling is going to track talent. And right now, their talent tracks a great offensive line. And if he's not the best running back in the nation, he's the second best running back in the nation, which doesn't mean that that would necessarily happen in Idaho because I don't know if he's going to have I, I do know, feel like I know this. I don't think Idaho's going to have the same offensive line next year. South Dakota State has this year. If we do, fantastic, great news. Meaning, meaning based off our evidence, I mean, he, he might have to pass a little bit more based off of what our offensive line is. But that that relates to a second part that 
I think people should be ecstatic about reputationally. Eck is great with offensive line recruitment and development. That was one of the things that was hammered toward hammered into me in, in researching Eck was, Hey, like play calling changes, but be excited. Watch, watch your offensive line. He's, he's a great offensive line guy. That's something that Vandals should expect a marked difference in within the next year or so. Yeah, and that's what I was going to say to kind of bounce. For, I thought you were about to turn that way differently. I was going to say, yeah, but if you look at his resume, both when he was at Montana State and South Dakota State, their offensive lines had huge jumps forward in year one. Now, it's Idaho. It could be different. We just had Seth transfer out. Um, we'll see if there's any other transfer. But like we said, the transfer portal taketh and it also giveth. So, you know, maybe there's a really good sophomore who's behind a junior at South Dakota State who doesn't think he's going to get some playing time and maybe he follows Echo over here. I'm not saying that's going to happen, but, I mean, and just to put it in perspective here, uh, we're talking about stats. Idaho's leading rusher this year was Zach Borish, so our quarterback. 502 net yards, five touchdowns. Roshan Johnson, 481. You look at South Dakota State, we talked about, yeah, Pierre Strong is an animal at 1,500, 1,592 net yards, 17 touchdowns. But then you go down to their backups, Isaiah Davis, who only played in six games, has 688 yards. So he would have been their guy who's only played in six games, still would have been our leading rusher, also has seven touchdowns, which is would be tied for second on our team. And then Amar Johnson, their other running back, 427, ends up being very close to Zach Borsch's totals as well. And then, you know, then you get to Chris Oladokun, their quarterback. Uh, and then there you're looking at 159 yards, net yards, and two rushing touchdowns. So it's like, man, they just know how to get a lot of running backs to carry. Yes, Pierre Strong gets the workhorse of it, having over 200 touches this year, but they have two other guys that almost have 100 touches uh, and another guy that's up over 50. So, like, they spread the ball around. We have deep running backs. I just wish we had college football fantasy, man. I would take, like, all three of Idaho's running backs next year. Like, maybe that's what – we got to get the big sky thing uh, up and roaring across a broader audience. Cause man, I feel really good about Idaho having the backs to make this work. It's going to be whether we have the off, you know, the offensive line to do it. And as uh, producer Dammer is highlighting on screen for those watching, uh, for those listening, South Dakota state has the eighth best scoring offense in the country this year. So like I'm, I'm over the moon or as Brian would say, I'm absolutely floored right now about this hire. Could you say you're ecstatic about this hire? I would say I'm ecstatic, I'm excited, and I'm I, I, I don't extremely know. happy. Extremely happy. There we go. God, we're going to have so much fun with this, guys. God, people are going to be so tired of us. <laughs> and I have to th- shout this in. Uh, I know Martin has mentioned it multiple times. Eck is pretty active on Twitter. If anybody's interested in following our new head coach, his handle right now is coach underscore Eck. I'm assuming that's going to stick around. That's pretty agnostic. Could put something vandals in there, but coach underscore Eck is is pretty universal. So you can check him out. He's he's a more modern coach than uh, than what we've had. Can in you the past. imagine, dude, hit, between him and Best Eastern just got that game just got exciting. Because mm-hmm. that's what the South Dakota State people told me, too. They're like, I think you guys are going to like him. He has a little bit of spice to him. And we know Aaron Best has a little bit of salt to him. So what, what happens when you mix salt and spice? It's going to be everything nice. Well, that's the that's the personality that every person I talked about who has a, any sort of relationship with Eck. And, of course, it's reporting relationships. I'm, I'm not it's like friends or something like that. But everyone said, Eck's the guy. All the reporters had stories about throwing beers back with Eck. It, 
as in he's a relaxed guy, a guy that's easy to get along with, a guy who's fun. I don't think he's going to be a guy that we have a fake Twitter account calling uh, in his bio that describes him as a top 10 big sky coach, uh, which if listeners aren't aware, that was Paul's thing. It wasn't Paul's actual account. There was and a, it's, uh, and it's none of us either. I know some people think it's us. It's definitely not us. Definitely not us. That guy no, pisses we, me off a lot. So it's no, definitely because not he, us. He got quoted by recruits who would see top 10 big sky coaches, which is cool in a 13 team league. I guess he's not detrimental three. to the team. Yeah, it was. Yeah, but that, look, that that's that's over. Yeah, uh, yeah. There's. If you're looking for a great, all-inclusive, week-long vacation, don't look past your backyard. Venture into the largest protected wilderness in the continental United States, located right here in the great state of Idaho. Enjoy a multi-day trip down the middle fork of the Salmon, the main Salmon River of No Return, the Salmon River Canyons, or the Selway. You can even check out special trips like the one to see the Perseid Meteor Shower. Camp on pristine beaches, run amazing whitewater, hike scenic trails, spot wildlife, soak in beautiful natural hot springs, and take in history all along the river's edge. You'll also get to fish some of the most remote stretches of river in the entire country. You just bring your clothes and let HRE handle the rest. Hughes River Expeditions has been vandal-owned and operated since 1976 and ready to take you on a vacation of a lifetime. What are you waiting for? Find out what it's like to grab a paddle, catch dinner, and ride the bull all throughout the Gem State. Call them now at 800-262-1882 or check them out at HughesRiver.com. I think if you're a fan of fun football, and I'm talking about product on the field and then just environment, this is a slam dunk for you. Like, this is this is a great day. This is – we're obviously going to need to see the evidence. We're going to need to see this turn into something. But from where we stand now, there, there should really – in my mind be nothing uh nothing but excitement about what we may have coming chris really glad you pulled that stat of what was it south dakota state's scoring offenses in the in league in the nation this year uh hammer had it i believe is eight eight that is correct 37.5 points a game number eight scoring team reason i bring that up is look when dallas and i have talked about wanting a team that scores more in the context of idaho we talk about passing Full disclosure, I don't care how we get points. If we get points and win games, that's all that matters to me. And, hey, a rush-based attack, it's number eight in the nation in scoring. Sure, sign me up. Uh, rush-based attack that still ha- that has the creativity you talked about, Chris, and you know we still have a guy making throws. This isn't Montana State out there where Tommy Malott's throwing the ball God knows where sometimes. Yeah, sign sign me up for this. Yep, and it's wanna- my – Oh, go ahead, Dallas. I want to jump in real quick. I also want to point out that South Dakota State is tied for fourth in touchdowns. So uh, it's not just kicking a lot of field goals. I mean, they did they kicked 18 field goals this year, but they're tied for fourth in the nation with, in touchdowns, which is fantastic. Well, we knew coming in the nationwide special teams expert, that's in Eastern Washington. So we, we just weren't going to get above that. Yeah. Uh, for my my take kind of on this, in terms of my, like my defensive coach, um, this is the kind of offensive hire that makes me okay with it. Offensive line coaches, uh, Boatman and I talked about it, tend to have a better understanding of how to go hands-off. Uh, we'll see if Eck does that. That will be my one little concern. He is kind of a hot shot OC. Um, we've seen it with guys like Aaron Best, allegedly, having some struggles sometimes trusting their OC wholeheartedly, which could have cost them what happened in the playoffs. Uh 
we'll see. That would be the one thing to keep in mind on. But I would say if we're going to hire an offensive guy, I want it to be an offensive lineman coach. So, because that's just, it's where the whole thing starts is on the lines. Uh, so having somebody that can get the lines right, it's way easier to hire really good quarterback coaches, really good wide receiver coaches, and good running back coaches. Coaching up a line is hard. And coaching up a defensive secondary is hard. I'd say they're the two hardest positions. So the fact that we got one of those under control is good. Um, I'm excited to kind of see his staff. Uh, And then I don't know if there's anything else you guys want to cover, but I would kind of like to bounce off you guys. Are there any staff members you would like to see kind of be brought on? Um, Because I know I think there's some guys that we covered in this coaching search that could still be brought in as staffers. That's kind of why I'm bringing it up. So I'd like to jump in. I... I'm going to take this question slightly differently um, because I just, I don't know enough about people that could come over here as assistants. Uh, you're not going to get a guy like Andy Thompson to make a lateral move from defensive coordinator at Sac State to, to Idaho. I mean, maybe, maybe they'll pay him a pay out the nose and he's going to come over. I, I would imagine we're not going to see a whole lot of lateral moves. I would almost like to see Price Tracy keep his job from the previous staff. Uh, he was the running backs coach and the recruiting coordinator. Um, that's, I think the two things that Idaho has been most successful with in the Petrino FCS era, the running backs seem to always be consistent, always be the highlight of the offense. Mm-hmm. And then the recruiting classes have been great. Now, obviously getting uh, Ridge. I don't know if you're listening to this Ridge. I'm, I apologize. I have no idea how to pronounce your last name. <laughs> the highest rated quarterback that Idaho's ever landed. And he, he shouted out Mr. Tracy. Uh, that's, that's somebody that I wouldn't mind seeing keep a, some sort of role on the staff. Uh, I, I, I don't think you keep much of Petrino's staff, but if they were to keep somebody, that guy did pretty good at his job. Yeah, I 100%. I think that Ridge hire might have saved his job. I mean, I don't know how he can get you could get rid of him after that, honestly. But once again, if he does, I'm going to trust Eck. So yeah. uh, I'm pulling for Tracy, but uh, I'm definitely going to trust Eck in his process. So uh, a guy, oh, I was going to say, a guy I'd like to see while we're talking – Probably the only other guy I'd love to see stay is Luther Ellis. I think you talk to any current player, a lot of them wanted Luther to run for the head coaching job. I don't think we have inclination he ever actually did. Um, I think he would like to stay on staff. From what we've heard, he likes being a coach. He's big energy. He's also big in the recruiting field. You see a lot of recruits tag. I think he's like big family 94 or something on Twitter. Uh, so Luther is a guy I would love to have him stay. I think Luther and Eck would probably gel really well, both being offensive. Like, if that's who's coaching our O-line and our D-line, guys, our trenches are going to be phenomenal. So I'd say I'd love to see Luther also stay on staff. Yeah, other names we that we became aware of that were at least interested in the Idaho head coaching position are uh, Raleigh Lambala, who yep. I, I think it, he's a, he doesn't have coaching experience, but he has professional playing experience in, in the Canadian Football League. I, I think he'd be a great guy to, to add into this program. I also think, um, I mean, we know Thomas Ford was applied for the head coaching position. He's for, he has had coaching experience. He's an analyst right now at University of Washington. Um, my understanding is he, reputationally with recruitment in the, in the Northwest, it's tough to do better than a guy like mm-hmm. Ford at our school. So I would absolutely love uh, to, if we have both those guys involved. Obviously, we're going to trust Eck. We're not, this isn't hot takes for that we're married to in the future because the head guy, the head guy makes his calls. And this is X program. We don't know how many guys X going to bring with them from South Dakota, but I can tell you two things. One, the South Dakota people we talk to, they're anxious as hell that X has a 
good number of people who who have no problem following him over staying with Stegelmeyer. And two, Eck was making 94000 as a coordinator in South Dakota State. Where I, I don't want to say the, the number because we don't have like a budget item in front of us. We were told Idaho coordinators are going to make much more than 94000 next year, which is just another magnet to bring people to Idaho. Another reason why Chris has said it, we've said it on the show since this started. Idaho, sure, you want to say Idaho is a tough FBS job back in the day. No problem. I'll co-sign with that. Idaho is a great FCS job. We're going to get some good coaches who see Idaho as a great place to improve their resume or set themselves up to become the next head coach here. So that's the direction I want this to look coaching wise. I think Vandals should at this point now have high expectations of the names that Eck is going to announce as the rest of his staff, whether they're people like Luther Chris, who we of course would be happy who reputationally is, is beloved in this area, which is actually relatively impressive to be part of the Petrino era, one winning season in nine years, but to essentially have, I've never heard someone say they don't have positive things to say about Luther. He'd be great to keep. But we should we should have high expectations at this point. Yep. And one last guy I just want to shout out. Brian Reeder has also been a guy who has been big on the recruiting trail as well. He is a Vandal. He kind of adds a different perspective. Um, I know this year he didn't have as much because I think we didn't know what was happening with Paul. Um the only thing is I don't think he can be offensive coordinator. I think that was Paul kind of making the jump when Sink left, and he was really the only guy qualified for it. Uh, I think on an X staff and the quality of guys we think are coming in, he doesn't quite meet that mark yet. I would love to see him maybe go back to running backs, maybe quarterbacks coach. Um, if he's okay taking kind of a demotion, um, I would love to see Brian Reeder stay because, one, I think he's a good dude. Uh, I think he cares about Idaho. I think he wants to be at Idaho, and I think he's underrated in his recruiting ability. I think he was the guy who got us Zama J two years ago, and he's he's been a part of signing some of our bigger recruits. Uh, so if we could keep him on staff, that'd be big. And then also J.D. Johnson, the director of uh, football operations, does a fantastic job. So those would be the last couple guys. But at the end of the day, I'm I'm on the Eck wagon. Whatever he says is fact in my mind until proven otherwise. So uh, I'm all in on the Eck train. I have wild speculation I would like to ask you guys for your thoughts on. Um, potentially the best vandal in the last, I don't know, 15 years, maybe longer. Mike Ayupati, obviously retired from the NFL. He kind of knows Eck. Uh, Ayupati was on campus in 2005, didn't start playing football till 2006. Eck was the O-line coach here in 04 and 05, tight ends coach in 06. So they have a little bit of familiarity with each other. Is there any chance we could see somebody like Mike Ayupati come back to, to the program, or do you think he's, he's done? He's not going to get into coaching. There's always a chance. I will tell you, I would say it's a very, very small chance. Ayupati, he's on the radio down here a couple times. He very much loves his big old house. He built out in star. Uh, I believe he's helping coach Middleton high school and literally does not care to really, he was talking about getting a part-time job at the airport just so he could get like free flights and everything. And he just wants to enjoy his, uh, like retirement. It sounds like he doesn't really have the motivation to try to go up the coaching ranks. I think he is wants like low key high school coaching job and then like a little side job to keep him busy. I don't think so. But that said, if X says the right things, anything is possible, right? Like what I wouldn't be shocked if it happened. Um, but I don't, I wouldn't get your hopes up, I guess is what I'm saying. 
my understanding is Mike is a hardcore family guy. And until something changes to, yeah, like Chris said, hey, anything can happen, but we're, we're not breaking It'd news. It'd be awesome. We're not, yeah, we're not breaking news <laughs> saying this is going to happen for sure. I like where uh, your by head's the way, at. <laughs> his, uh, his nephew from South Dakota, so not South Dakota, his nephew from San Jose State just hit the transfer portal. So maybe that's the direction the family comes back to Idaho. I don't know. Um, yeah. Side I do, note, he does have four boys talking about Eck here. Are we worried about Daddy Ball 2.0? If they play I, on the offensive line, not at all, no. <laughs> I definitely have joked about this with a few people where they said, like, hey, he's got a, he's got a big family. And I say, yeah, I, I see our next 40 years of quarterbacks. What's the problem? <laughs> but I, there is one, one thing just related to this that I, I want – I think we should acknowledge for just a minute. Okay. We're okay saying that in terms of getting eyes on this and publicity that um, – Stefan Weeby's article coming out at 11 p.m. Pacific time on Friday and Idaho doing their news announcement of the new era on a Saturday. We're all okay saying that, hey, maybe that didn't maximize eyeballs, right? Yes, unless it gets covered on the broadcast today. Like we said, we try to act like this was post. I guess we already broke that wall. Uh, This is definitely pre-recorded, waited to be released until everything was uh Hunky Dory from the university's end. Um, if it gets covered and we get like the game last weekend for the Delaware or the Sam Houston coach who was up in the booth and they put Delaware's new coach, offensive coordinator Sam Houston, and we get that little bit of screen time, 100% worth it. Thank you, Steven, for that. Um, but yeah, I would say it, it's a little bit of a blunder, but devil's advocate on your point, Chris, because uh, I'm going to give Idaho a raging F on this. I think this is the worst thing they could have done. Um, obviously, Brian, from what we were hearing is Wednesday is, is kind of when this all got sorted out. Uh, as you mentioned, Thomas accepted and and then uh, eventually chose to stay with the Saints on Wednesday. So yeah. say Eck knew Wednesday. Can I pa- pause real quick just for context? Yes. Yeah. After Wednesday, it was radio silence and it was radio silence because there was no, no more news. We just had the guy. Exactly. Yeah. So if they had decided to do this in the middle of the week, do a, you're probably not going to get the guy to fly out for a press conference because he's coaching, but you could have at least made some sort of announcement about it, put up the the nice welcome Jason Eck, we're ecstatic and excited to have you. Like you could have put something out like that and it still would have gotten mentioned on the broadcast today. Then you would have been able to maximize the spokesman would have come down and, said, and done something about it, or at least talked to Terry about the process or done something. Yeah. Would have had some media coverage here in Spokane, probably in Boise. I feel like now, Chris, your point is absolutely valid. They're going to talk about it. I'm most likely going to talk about it on the broadcast that has now already happened. That's awesome. I mean, that's great to have, have that mentioned there. I feel like they could have still talked about it. Yeah. But Idaho but could have maximized on it here, from Idaho's perspective. Here's what I would say without us knowing. What if this was part of Eck saying, I'll sign, but you cannot say anything till after. Because they also, for those of you who know, we don't know the time that they're announcing this yet. We just heard it's happening today. It sure as hell seems like it's going to be post the game today, which is why we've acted like it is. I feel like that was something. I mean, we talked about it. There was rumors about Bo Baldwin once going to Montana and his stickler was, you can't announce it until I'm done coaching. So maybe it had something to do with that, where Eck told the university, you cannot say anything publicly until I have done. I want my players focused on the semifinal game. That's where my head goes. That's probably the more likely scenario, is this is from Eck's side of it, saying, I don't want anything released until after the game. Um, that said, 
stuff got out. I'm glad Weeby was able to break it because I do think it will help us get it. And it has the university kind of save face. The fact that like we didn't let this out. It got out through other people. Like at the end of the day, I think everybody will be hunky dory. This is a small scratch. And like I said, we uh, that could be wrong. Eck couldn't have said it either. But that's where my head goes with this is this was an Eck request. Let me coach this game, not have my players worry about where I'm going. And then we'll announce it after the game. That's at least where I'm at with that. Yeah, I'm so the re- only reason I bring it up is because I definitely made fun of Idaho State's uh, athletic department for announcing their new coach at fr- uh, Friday at 1 p.m. And then us doubling down on that with a 10, 10 hour later uh, article coming out. Uh, I, th- I think it's safe to say that was not the plan. Now, I, Chris, I think you're probably, I don't know any info here, but I would be floored if part of the contingency for announcing this was, hey, Idaho, you can't screw up my team right now. Like, I, this is my team until I'm in Idaho. So, we, we, this needs to not be something players know heading into the game. Don't know what would have been afterward. I just wanted to, I don't know what the best resolution would be. Honestly, I think some of the best resolution would have, be, would have been coordinating a little bit more, releasing on Friday that we'll have an announcement, hyping the announcement, then making a big deal about it uh, on Monday or yeah. Tuesday, one of those two days. Now, of course, that's the contingency there is that they could control the information, and clearly they could not. So I don't know if that would have been feasible. It probably would have been feasible if there was, um, honestly, if there wasn't such terror at media figures finding anything out, but that's not the world we live in. And I also think this is going to be a blip, of course, because the important part of this is that we got a guy, not the process of getting a guy. We're all happy with who we have. Pretty quickly, this is going to change. Last thing I want to bring up with the just the cycle, part of why they couldn't control the information is an absolute positive to Idaho fans. We all have all seen how empty the dome has been in some of the games recently. This got out because there's a ton of motivated, excited alums who wanted info. There were connected people who coordinated together to make it happen. But there was a there was a huge amount of energy around this long coaching search. There was frustration from some people at the end. But it, that is all to point at there is a dormant Idaho fan base that is wanting good football. It is good news that we had this level of, of engagement with the process. Because I tell you, Idaho State did not have something like this. We do. That's part of why this is a better job. Never mind the pay, which matters. Never mind the where you get to live, which matters. We've got a fan base that could easily, if we're not going to fill up the dome, we could easily get back to where there's enough people that the dome becomes one of the best environments in the big sky to play in. Yep. Um, I'm just going to go back to being ecstatic about this. I'm extremely excited. I'm, I mean, I, I feel like I've said my piece. Do we have any closing points on this? Uh, the only point I have is that, Chris, you just said extremely excited, and you didn't even realize it. Oh, I, I, don't, I, can't, I can't pull a pun together there. Tried, tried. I'm punned out for the day. But, yeah. Um, I just want to plug real quick. Like, you know, I, we don't do this full time. Uh, so if you like supporting this, Brian put a lot of freaking legwork into both getting – finding out the position was going to be open and then finding out how it was going to be closed. Patreon.com backslash tubs at the club. We do give a bunch of benefits. Our discord thing is really picking up. I think the people that are in it uh, would testify to you that it's pretty good. We do share a little bit more information in there than we do publicly on Twitter and everything. Like we'll let more rumors. I less, I guess speculate before we feel confident putting them up in the Twitter sphere. So um, it's fun. It's basically all vandals, but uh, you have to be accountable for what you say as in like, we know who you are, so 
You can't well, just be outwardly a D wagon to somebody. I guess it's it. It's nicer. It's more cordial. It's not a rotting cesspool. <laughs> well, okay. I want to throw an asterisk on all vandals. We love is, all vandals. Well, no. I, it's. I think there's some ways where it's gotten better because if you read through the coaching threads, there are some lunatics who also got made fun of by a lot of people for being lunatics. Like there absolutely is some of the cesspool stuff. Like there's. I think with Paul being gone, it's going to get better. I mean, it already is getting better based off what I based off what I've seen because I definitely did interact with people on all vandals, both in just talking about this and also coordinating. But uh, I do have one question for you guys before we close close it out. Cool. It's a um, I think of it as like a Weber State Weekly version, and I love the headline: Idaho football. It's it's going to get better, which listeners will not see. Thank you, Dallas. Don't want to do buy or sell because I know we all buy. Jason Eck is a great hire. Waldo's but Magic Eight Ball. Let's. Uh, how about we rate? Let's let's rate rate this from your perspective. Uh, intersection of the hire and the process, but I, we of course care about the process more. Chris, how would you rate Jason Eck, new Idaho coach, as far as a hire? So you're talking just to clarify how the entire process to get here and the hire itself. So basically yeah, sure. overall. Sure, factor them both in, but keep in mind for like waiting as far as like waiting your grade, let's say. Yeah. The guy matters much more than the process. Because like yeah. I mean, this the process itself, I'm happy that Terry was thorough, but uh because the, a month from now or two years from now, what matters is that we got Eck in the first place. Yeah, I will float with like uh eighty nine point eight, like one of those grades where you actually got a B, but it, if you the teacher likes you, they'll round it up to an A. Uh, a minus that is. Um, so that's where I'll go. I'll go like a really, really high B on this. Uh, that could be rounded into an A depending on, you know, if you're a teacher that's harsh or a teacher that's more friendly. Um, I love the hire. The process felt very, don't ask us any questions. Like they were extremely hands off and that was very annoying. And not just with us. It just seemed like in general, uh, they gave nothing. And it was frustrating for a lot of fans. Signing day for me, fix some of those wounds. Um, so all in all, I'll give it an 89.8 for a grade. I'll give a, a solid A minus to the whole thing. I think the hire is an A plus. I do not think that they could have made a better hire than Jason Eck. And I think if they could have, they would have. Uh, I don't think you, you get a whole minus lot better. the whales, the whales that we that's, talked about. Yeah, yeah that's what I mean. Uh, we're very likely not on the table. Hell, I'll say right now, I'm team Eck over Choate, honestly. Like after this, everything's gone. I'm actually glad. Like, I'll scratch a couple of those whales off. I've fallen that much in love with that. So, hey, love to hear that. Um, for me, like, we we believed Bo Baldwin may have been part of the process. And if I think, I think it's pretty definitive that was not the case. Or if it was, there was, there's so many leaps and bounds you have to you have to be able to make to hire another coach at this level, or a guy head coach moving to head coach. If you take those kind of whales off the table, and you take off the the guys like Brian Lindgren. I don't think he's going to leave Oregon State's offensive coordinator job to come back to Idaho. I, he's he's going to end up with a group of five or maybe even a power five job at some point uh, if Oregon State keeps on the trajectory they're on. So if you take out all of the whales, I don't think there's a better candidate than Eck. He was a former Vandal assistant, uh, which does unfortunately mean something. I don't think it should, but I, I do think it, it means something to this university that you have some sort of prior experience here. He's a former assistant coach of the year. He runs a top 10 offense, and they've been consistently a power program for years. Now, obviously, uh, that was before he his time, but he runs the offense there. Like they're, 
They are a defensive program. Their head coach is a defensive guy there for 30 years. Eck runs that offense. I could not be more thrilled about the hire. I don't think they could have done, hired a better person. Now, this five years from now, this might age really poorly, but he checks every box that he needed to check. The process was obviously a little bit frustrating and just how long it took. And it does, you know, I can I can fully sympathize with the people that say, well, if Eck was the guy, why didn't you announce it two weeks ago? Like, why, why didn't you get to this conclusion two weeks ago? It's understandable, but again, in five years, if if he has won 10 games a season four times in a row, who cares? Yeah, and I'll say, Dallas, for your <clears throat> protection here, uh, if five years we look back and this hire didn't work out how everybody thinks, there's no such thing as a sure thing in coaching. So I would say on today, we are allowed to think this is going to work, and if five years it doesn't, it's because it's things that we weren't able to see because he hasn't been a head coach. So I, yeah. anyone that says his age is poorly on us and closes up in five years, I've uh, got a certain finger for you. If people are that interested in Tubbs the Club to dig up five-year-old videos, <laughs> it means we're monetizing in a way that uh, we're – You're all doing this full time yeah, at that yeah. point. Yeah. So my answer is Alex and I – or Dallas and I, I don't remember which. It's because we both recorded – we referenced Ian Shoemaker as kind of the Mendoza line. Uh, if we hire a guy at Ian Shoemaker's level or higher, we should be pretty happy about the process. If we hire a guy below Ian Shoemaker's level, we should be disappointed. Now, Eck doesn't have the D2 head coaching experience that Shoemaker had, but I would definitely say this beats the Ian Shoemaker-Mendoza line. So I would – I'd put this – honestly, no drama, A-. minus. The only real minus here being that uh, I think the rollout could easily have been handled better. I think I think communication with the fan base needs to get better. Um, it's not just the media because you know I was involved in in chasing this down. It's I just think in terms of getting butts and seats, getting eyes on the team, getting people engaged. There's a lot more that could be done, but that doesn't tarnish the hire. This is a great hire. This is a great day to be a Vandal. Everyone, we have no real reason to not expect that. Jason X is going to acquit himself pretty well. We're going to see because the season's going to happen. But right now, prognosis of this team, we now get to look at, hey, who are the good assistants that X is able to bring over? And what kind of transfer footprint is he going to have? Because I will say unequivocally, we should expect a lot of better transfer portal footprint than Paul Petrino did. And we got some pretty good transfers out of, out of Paul. So at this point, yeah, A- minus only real demerit is the rollout. If I'm narrowly isolating the guy, we had Eck as a top as a guy we would have been ecstatic about for a Eck static about for a long time. Uh, what a great episode to start the Eck era, aka the pun era. Um, I think after this, guys, we've touched on how happy Vandal fans should be. Happy, God, ecstatic Vandal fans should be. Uh, I think it's time for Colby Cuff to play us out with the Moscow drinking team song. Go Vandals. Go Vandals. Go Vandals. So raise your glass and have a drink with me. Here's to the Vandals and the craft. I'll just out there living the drink. Part of one and only Moscow drinking tea. Go Jackrabbits. Oh, I should stop the recording.